Good morning. Good morning. Almost afternoon, huh? No. <laughs> okay, maybe I just got up really early and it feels like it should be afternoon by now. <laughs> God is so good. Amen. He's so faithful. We were singing about that just a few minutes ago, I believe. Yes, Have you all met Justin? <laughs> Hello. I have come to help him today. Actually, I've come to learn from him today because Justin is amazing at a lot of things. God has gifted him in so many areas. Thank you. Much to our chagrin. <laughs> and uh, he, <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting. And uh, God has gifted him in an area that I really struggle in. Let's just be honest. There, all of us have strong points and weak points, and. One of my weak points, I mean, I could give you a list, but one of my weak points is um, I am a little bit of an introvert. I know, you're like, pshaw, but I am. They say that introverts draw their strength from their alone time, and, I, and people like Justin, like, draw a crowd. He's like a people magnet. You know, have you ever noticed that? He comes in, and they just kind of gather around Justin. He has... <laughs> yeah, some are repelled, some are drawn. It just depends on which side of the magnet that yes, you, you get correct. on yes, at that yes, time. That but uh, he has such a gift at community. God has anointed him. He has uh, got such a pastor's heart, such a shepherd's heart. And I really, really just love Justin. God has placed him in, uh, he's got an amazing mama and an amazing family, but... Um, I like to consider you like a close spiritual cousin, yes. you know, something first like that. First cousin or second cousin? Oh, well, first. There it is. First. It's first. It's I just love him. And, and part of our goal here is to bring you the best if we have it. And so I'm going to bring you Justin today in this area. Because for me to stand up here and go, let's talk about being in the center of a community and just gathering all the people <laughs> around and people who know me. We'd go, you big fake. <laughs> and I was like, no. But see, Justin walks in this. Justin walks in this. For me to go, let's talk about being community would be like me going, let me tell you what it's like to be a man. And that took you all a little longer than it should have. Yeah. But, but he carries this. Back a few months ago, whatever, I had contacted Justin. His life group is always full. Like I said, people are drawn to him. And, and I said, we've got this couple, and they need a place and want them to plug in. And, and I had come up with the excuses of why and how I could explain it to him. And his response was, there's always room at my table. And I went, what? <laughs> there's a lot of preparation to making room at your table. You know that, right? But he said, I made room, there's always room at my table, and that blessed me. That just grabbed hold of my heart, and I've watched him do this consistently. So I'm going to let him share from that perspective, and I'm going to maybe share from someone who might struggle just a little bit with letting people in. You know, it's kind of crazy because I can do this, but you sit me across the table from someone at dinner, and I'm like that frog in the box, is just this rivet, you know, but God is faithful. So we're going to get into some scripture. If you would stand one more time with us. We're going to talk to you about a passage of Scripture from the book of Ruth. And what sets this up is that Ruth had suffered loss in her life. She had actually lost her husband, lost her sons, and her daughters-in-law were now with her. And she was giving them instruction. And this is where we're going to begin. But Ruth Ruth replied, replied, 
Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. Father, we thank you for this day you've given us, God. We're grateful to be in it. We're grateful for your mercy that come up with the sun this morning, Father. Yes. We're grateful to be in a place where we, we can hear from you, God. And we ask that you speak to our hearts, to our yes, mind, Lord. to our will, to our emotions, God. Yes, we Jesus. open ourselves up, God, and we ask that you would have your Thank way, you, that the Spirit would move in this place, God, yes. that the name of Jesus would be magnified and yes, glorified. Lord. Touch our hearts, God. Change us, yes, shape God. us, and mold us for Thank your glory. Jesus. We love you. Yes. We thank you. Yes. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. But that is so much easier said than done because let's just be honest now, people are odd. (laughs) People have expectations. Oh my goodness, do they have expectations. (laughs) People have plans and people have all of these issues and they wind up somehow in your hands. People, they want a commitment. They want you to listen and hear, and care. People pick up their phones way after midnight and they call you, expecting you to be there. Your people shall be my people. That's not a promise. That's a covenant true. Because your people becoming my people, that changes my whole life too. Amen. I would love to sit up here and tell you guys it was my idea for there always to be room at my table. <laughs> I, I, I need that for my ego, but it's not. Um, I've seen it modeled in this church time and time again. Whether you've known me for five minutes, if it's your first time meeting me, um, we can talk after the service. My mm-hmm. name is Justin. Or if you've known me for five or more years, you know I'm a little bit of a wild hair. Um, Fred Jones likes to call me a rascal. Yeah. Um, right? He said, but I love him, Right. <laughs> um, but I've seen it modeled time and time again in this body. Uh, people that said, I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Right? He can come sit at my table yeah. and um, I'll disciple the young man and I'll walk with him and share life with him and, and teach him a few things and correct a couple, two or 12 yeah. or 15 things in his life, in his walk. Um, it may be two, it may be 12. You'll never know. Mm-hmm. Right? But I've seen it modeled. Somebody said, come on, you can sit at my table. And so it's only natural um, that, that I begin to take that stance in my life. But it, this doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, what God is showing me that the first place to begin with community is you have to have genuine healing in your life. Okay? God had to bring me to a place of healing in, in my life and in my walk or, or else I, I can't walk with anyone else. Every church service I went to or Bible study or men's group or um, Sunday school, everything I did um, for the longest time, I would come in and I'd peel my bandaid back and be like, see, look yeah. at there. See where I got hurt. Y'all look at this, <laughs> right? Show of hands. Has anybody ever here been hurt by people? 
mm-hmm. situation, circumstances. A couple of you younger ones, you'll get there. Yeah. You're, you know. And we'll wait for you. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be, and when you get there, we'll be, we won't say I told you so. We'll be like, oh, come here. So we might roll our eyes. We might. Um, I definitely will. You yeah, might. I, I might, will. I might. Right? Um, Naomi was in a place of brokenness. She was hurt. Um, she had lost her. She lost her husband. And she had lost her sons. Mm-hmm. And, and Ruth had lost her husband. Right? And there was some real hurt in their life. And we all faced real pain. And I have some real hurts in my life. But when God began to deal with me about this... He said, I don't want you to be a victim any longer, Justin. Right. How long am I going to walk around saying, look what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Look, what, look what I did to somebody, you know? And I would carry that inside because if, if Barbie knew X about Justin, oh God, then what would she think about me? Right? What, what would she think if she knew this about me? Therefore, I can never tell her. Right. Right. So I had to come to a place of healing in my life. And, and that's not an easy place to be, right? We, we, we say we want to be healed and we don't want to be hurt. Mm-hmm. But um, if I have an infection in my arm, guess what? Sometimes it has to be cut out. And that cutting process is very painful. Mm-hmm. But once the infection is gone, then it can begin to heal. Mm-hmm. There may be a scar, but I'm stronger for it. Are you following? Mm-hmm. And so I had to come to a place of healing in my life, just like... Ruth and Naomi had to come to a place of healing. Their, their provision was gone. Mm-hmm. Our, my husband is gone. My sons are gone. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And Ruth said, I don't know, but we're going to do it together. Right. I don't right. have a clue what's next, but guess what? I'm, gonna, I'm going with you. Right. God mm. doesn't waste any of our pain. Right. Not one ounce of, of, of our pain is wasted. He uses it all. When God begins to deal with you and the way He began to deal with me in my life was He brings you to a place of aloneness. Mm -hmm. Not isolation. The enemy wants to isolate you. He wants to get you over here by yourself. (laughs) The Lord deals with you in a place of aloneness because it doesn't deal with you in the context of other people. Amen. You don't see 47 people in the operating room, unless they're all involved in the operation. And, and if that's the type of operation I need, just go ahead and let me see Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's going to be both sides of a football team and a basketball team in the operating room. Then I just let me go yeah. home. I don't yeah. need all that. Right. But God brings us to a place of aloneness. And where I'm reminded of this is in Genesis chapter 32, where, where God brought Jacob to a place of aloneness. Mm-hmm. The word says that Jacob sent over his wife and he sent over all his possessions and Jacob was left alone. Do you know that you can be surrounded by people and be alone? Yes. God dealt with Jacob in an intimate, one-on-one, close setting. Mm-hmm. You know you can't wrestle with me, or as as uh, my brother Kurt would say, wrestle. wrestle. You can't you can't wrestle with me from from a distance. <laughs> the only type of wrestling you can do there is in your mind, and that's not a healthy place. No, to and be. it looks funny, like it, yeah. Exactly. Uh, anybody else had a uh, a full blown argument with somebody in your mind, and the argument never happened? Mm-mm. That's that's wrestling in your mind. You don't. It's not a healthy place to be. Do you win? Uh, most of the time. <laughs> 
Sometimes I've had broken relationships. Friendships have gone awry. And then I see them and I'm like, hey, man, how you doing, brother? But I've done played it out four or five times right. in my mind. Right. Right. That's wrestling. Right. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling that Jacob did with God was was close. You have to be close to somebody to wrestle with them, to struggle with them. Right. Jacob was left alone and he wrestled with God. You know, it's OK to wrestle with God. Right. She's not going to win, but she <laughs> yeah. wrestle with him. Yeah. And you know why it's okay? Because there's a closeness there. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm, I'm not, you're not getting, letting go of me and I'm not letting go of you. That's right. And when he walked away, he had a limp. Yeah. So many times I tried to hide my pain because I was afraid that people would see me limping. Mm-hmm. But do you know that Jacob was stronger? Amen. Because of the limp in his gait. That's right. Do you know that that the, the hurts and the wounds actually make you stronger? Mm-hmm. If you show me a knight in shining armor, I'll show you a man that has never had his metal tested. Amen. I don't trust shiny knights in battle. <laughs> you don't know what to do. <laughs> unless you're the king giving orders. Yeah. God doesn't waste our hurt. Mm-hmm. When he wrestles with us in that aloneness, something changes inside which allows us to serve others. But it has to start with a genuine healing and a wrestling with the Lord. When Jacob entered into wrestling with the Lord, he entered in, he was in a place of fear because he was anticipating something out there, that, an outcome that he didn't know. He didn't know how this was going to play mm-hmm. out. He didn't go in there out of love. A lot of times the places that we seek God, we're not going in there out of great love. We're going in there out of fear. Let's just be honest. A lot of the times that we wrestle with the Lord, sometimes we've done something like Jacob that if all was, if we were being really honest, we kind of deserve some payback. I'm like, God, I'll never do that again. <laughs> God. And then we, we wrestle with the Lord. But the beautiful thing about this, the beautiful thing about Jacob, that limp really did become a signifier of his relationship with the Lord, that strength that he had. It's interesting to me, this was in, what, chapter 32? Yes. In chapter 32, the Lord, as they wrestle, he says, "Your name? what's your name? And Jacob says, my name is Jacob, which means supplanter. It means someone who grabs hold of the heel. And he said, no longer will your name be Jacob. You'll no longer be a supplanter, but I'm going to name you Israel. And so he gives them him the name of Israel. And he begins to go about, he meets with Esau, he goes through all of the things that he goes through. But from chapter 32 to chapter 35, we see so many things play out in the life of Jacob. We see him suffer great loss. We see his granddaughter greatly wounded. We see battle in his family. We see strife in his family. Not that we've ever gone through anything like that. But what's interesting to me is that he walks through all of that and every single time between this calling of the name of Jacob, changing his name to Israel, up to this point in chapter 35, going through all of this, he's called Jacob. And then it says they begin to walk and it says that his wife, Rachel, died and he buried her. This woman that he loved, this woman that he literally worked 14 years to gain the privilege of marrying, it says that she passed. And it says, Jacob put a, buried Rachel. He placed a stone of remembrance. And then the very next verse is the first time we see it. Jacob buried Rachel, but Israel moved on. Mm, that's good. 
Jacob, the old man, went through some stuff. Jacob, the old man, suffered. Jacob, the old man, marked this place that said, God met me here in my place of brokenness. And then the promise moved on. Israel moved on. Some of us, we expect God to take away all of the residuals of anything that we've gone through, any of the sins we've committed. They don't always go away. Sometimes all we can do is mark them and go, God met me here. God met me here. Scripture, that passage of Scripture from the Genesis 35, it says that stone still stands to this day. And it serves as a remembrance that Jacob buried Rachel. But the promise, Israel, moved on. Sometimes we got to move on. And the thing that allows us to do that, the, the thing that makes it easier for us to do that, that is moving with a group of people who can walk with us toward the next destination. Amen. If you're taking notes, write down 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. It says, Therefore, If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Hmm. I'll take a lot of showers under 1 John 1, 9, which says, (laughs) um, confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us yes, from all Jesus. the unrighteousness. Isn't it beautiful <laughs> that I can confess what I know and he'll cleanse me from all? Yes. It's a great place to yes. be at. Right? Mm-hmm. And then to know that, that the cleansing and the healing will allow me to be used yes. in an honorable way for the master. So when healing comes in my life, then I am able to be a servant. I'm able to be useful to mm-hmm. the master. Um, Ruth told Naomi, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. She was committed to walk it out. And if if you're not too certain if Ruth was committed, look at what she said in verse 18. Where you die, I'll die. Yeah. That's commitment. That's long term. She gave the the option to Ruth and um, her other daughter-in-law, Orpha. She said, both of y'all give you out right now. Here's what's up. Unless I find a husband, when we get to Bethlehem or wherever we're going, right? They have a dating app and I sign up for that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, your time, I believe, that's probably what Naomi was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know how old uh-huh. she was. I know she had two old married is sons. Is that an right? age joke? Uh, age is just a number, I- right? <laughs> you know what they say? She, <laughs> either way, she told the ladies, if, if, if I find a husband... And we get married, and which would have to happen with a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a son, and then that son grows up. I mean, it's going to be a long time. So you just go live your life. Mm-hmm. You're young. You know, you'll find someone else. I, I appreciate the gesture of you wanting to stay with me through my mm-hmm. pain, but let me carry this by myself, and you go live your life. And reason got the best of Orpha. She said, you know what? This doesn't make sense. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't make sense for me to stay with you. I'm out. And we never hear from her in Scripture again. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds like a death sentence, you know what I mean? But she may have had a great life, but we don't know it. But Ruth said, I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm going to walk this out. I'm here with you. Come what may, I'm here. You know? Sometimes community 
defies reason and logic. Right. For instance, it's not logical for me to have 12 adults and 22 kids in my living room every <laughs> single week. Mm-hmm. Reason should have got the best of me a long time ago, yeah. especially when it comes time to clean and leave up and they're throwing matchbox cars in there with the Paw Patrol. No. It's like, just I'll get it because <laughs> matchbox <laughs> cars never goes with Paw Patrol. Mm-hmm. Any parent knows that. No. They have no. their own separate bins. <laughs> You know, and I appreciate you wanting to help out, but it's going to take me twice as long to separate the Matchbox cars from Mm -hmm. the Paw Patrol now, Mm -hmm. you know. Suffering for Christ. Suffering for Mm -hmm. Christ, you know. But it doesn't make sense. But sometimes that's that's what community is about. Community doesn't make sense sometimes. Mm -hmm. But community is a commitment. She said, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Where you die, I'll die. And this is the most important. She said, and your God will be my God. Mm-hmm. That sentence says that Ruth didn't have a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Naomi did. Right. And she said, I'm so committed to you that I'll commit my life to God now. Mm. What an honor that somebody would commit their life to God because of your commitment to God. Amen. Because they Amen. are committed to you. If I could have, can I get one person in here to just walk that out with me? Right. That's not an Alabama fan. Oh, yeah. That was a good clarifier. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because I'm a Vol fan. I told y'all about pain. Has anybody ever walked through some pain? I'm walking through it right now. Yes, you are. I'm in that valley. Testify. But sometimes it gets so tough. It gets so tough that all you can do is stand. <laughs> that's what Paul said. He said, having done all to stand, stand. And sometimes we want, when it gets ugly or it gets messy, we're like, man, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's too much. It's too tough. I'm going to go. And I just need somebody that says, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you stay, I'm going to stay. If you're standing, I'll stand with you. Sometimes we don't need somebody to have all the answers. I just need somebody that's going to be willing to stand with me from full to empty, back to full again. Right. I mentioned my brother being an Alabama fan and me being a diehard ball fan, but um, that would seem to be conflict there. But the bigger conflict is that lots of times we decide how and who we will serve. Yes. We determine if we like you or not, then we'll bring you in our community. Mm. Do you fit our mold? James chapter two is referred to in my Bible as the sin of partiality. Yeah. The sin of partiality, favoritism, serving how I want, when I want. Because after mm. all, is that really serving? No, that's a hobby. When we do the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Because walking in community, it does get ugly. Yeah. And that's okay. Because a lot of times it, it, we can rejoice with people or we can cry with them. That's what scripture says we're supposed to do. Some of us go into community and we will be the healers in that community. Some of us will walk into community and we need to be healed. Amen. When I was a kid, I was not as graceful as I'm sure you all think I am. And uh, I was like always, 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 if it was in front of me, I was probably going to climb it. And chances 99.9% I was going to fall out of it, whatever it was. And I was always scraped. I was always bruised. I was always messed up in those things. I was always falling. Does that sound like anybody today? And what would happen is my mom would show up at the front door and I would be happy to see her and sad at the same time. Isn't that how we embrace community sometimes? But see, my mom would show up at the door and she would have this bottle of Bactine. (laughs) 
<laughs> for you young people, um, I think the Greek Hebrew word for it stings like heck. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't right. And uh, and she'd go, come on in. She's a, she, and she did what all parents do. She would bring me in, and she would sit me down at the table, and she would try to pry my hands loose from my wound. Don't you know that sometimes you can walk funny with your hands around your wound? And sometimes it takes somebody else to come and help you pry your hands off of that thing. Community does that. My mom would say, she, she was always such an encourager, she'd go, Honey, just just take it, take take your hands off, and she and she would go, oh, that's not so bad. Don't we do that when really we just want to pass out or throw up or something? And you're looking at your kid trying to be calm, and you're going, oh, that's nothing. And you're going call nine one one. And she would finally get it off, and 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 the wound would be exposed, and she didn't point or laugh. She would cleanse it, and she would talk to me and say, this is going to heal. This is going to be okay. And she would bandage that wound. And then she would do something that um, I think is beneficial across the board. She would say, as Justin was saying earlier, he loved to open his Band-Aids, and that so doesn't surprise me. But anyway, (laughs) I meant that in love. Thank you. (laughs) Community. And um, she would say, okay, it's clean now. It's done. I want you to leave that bandage on it. Do not open that bandage again. If you keep opening it and showing it to people, it's going to get infected. (laughs) And see, that's what we do sometimes. We continue carrying those old wounds and we continue opening them up, wanting the sympathy and wanting the, maybe wanting the attention. Or maybe we're just waiting for God to go, it's okay, let me heal it. Community can do that. Community can give you the confidence to go, it's going to be okay. God, you can heal this. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to allow the healing balm to see it. And now it's between me and you. It takes courage mm-hmm. to be in a community. The community that Ruth and Naomi found themselves in was only two members to start with. Yeah. Uh, but it was a community. Yes, it was. And they were in dire straits. Um, but they had courage to think themselves beyond where they currently were at. You know that David had a king's anointing in a shepherd boy situation. Mm-hmm. But every time adversity and conflict came against him, he was reminded, God's promise for me. God's promise for me. I know what I'm looking at doesn't seem like it, but God's promise to me. And he wraps us in community and he invites us into community. Some community looks like to me may not be what community looks like to you, but for, for right. me, community is when your friend calls and it's a country music festival and a predators game no. and there's 12 people stranded downtown Nashville. <laughs> oh, and you're thinking, well, I can get eight in my truck. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I could find a church bus or a school van or take two trips because it's what we do. That's right. When somebody calls you and starts off and says, I don't need you to say anything. Mm-hmm. Just listen to me for a minute. Right. You know? When God brings healing in our lives, then we begin to get outwardly focused. You know that sin forces us inward? Yes. And Christ come to get us outside of ourselves? Right. right? You never see the Holy Spirit drawing attention to Himself. He always points to Jesus. Right. 
When God brings healing in my life, then I can begin to point to Jesus. And I can do it with two people or 42 people. But His desire is that we do it together. Not alone, not isolated. We see what happens in nature when when one gets isolated. That's not God's heart for us. It's to be in community with one another. So I can share your hurts and you can share mine. The Scripture that that comes in my spirit often is 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says that the God of all comfort comforts us in our time of need so that we can then comfort others with the yes. same level of comfort that we ourselves have been comforted. Amen. That's a lot of comfort going yes, on. Yes, it is. But isn't it, isn't it admirable or honorable to know that not only has God comforted me, but now He's going to comfort you and the way He's going to do that is by using me to comfort you. Right, right. What an amazing opportunity that I have to partake in something that the Spirit is doing and bring comfort to your life mm-hmm. in a way that the Lord has already brought comfort in mine. Yes. And I cannot do that alone. I need you guys. And believe it or not, like it or not, you need me. Yes. yes. There's always room at my table, but there's another one who said it first. Father said, there's always room at my table Mm -hmm. for you. Come, dine Mm -hmm. with me. Let me show you. Let me walk with you. This much I know. When he made room at his table, I found family like I'd never known. Never known. So my question my people, his people. What are you doing out there? Just dining alone. We're going to take the opportunity to open the altar up. We've got elders that want to pray with you. We've got people that want to pray for you and with you. But the Spirit of the living God is here and He is drawing us out. He's drawing us out of ourselves. Spurgeon says this, that unless I can leave off loving Jesus Christ, I cannot leave off loving those that love Him. Right. So maybe you, maybe, you, maybe you need some healing in your heart and in your life and in your mind and in your emotions. Maybe, maybe God's dealing with you about some things that you're still holding on to that are not allowing you to serve others because you're still dealing with it. Then come. Or maybe you've been... You've had healing in your life and you don't know how to pour out and come. Seek wisdom from Him. Maybe you're walking in community with people and it's a burden. It's not easy. Maybe their struggles are becoming your struggles. Maybe it's weighing on you and God's stirring your heart. Then come. We're going to ask our elders and we're going to ask our leaders to come down here and we're going to pray for you. Because God wants to meet you right where you're at. Amen. He wants to do something in our community and in our lives. And now is the time. Don't wait till tomorrow. Come.